Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. You ever given up on a dream or a vision or something that you really wanted to do and only in hindsight to look back and realize, boy, I gave up too soon. If I had just waited another week, if I had just held on a little bit longer, it would have come through. I mean, it would have, it would have come to fruition and that would have been a good thing. Daniel is really in a period of his life that he's in exile. I don't think that you and I can truly understand what it would be like to be taken hostage as a teenager and to live out the rest of our lives under the rule of a foreign entity. Yet that is what Daniel was going through along with his friends. It was a little bit worse than that because they, they mutilated them, they mistreated them, they gave them a new identity, and so it was a very difficult time Daniel could have resigned and given up and looked forlorn in his, in his countenance. He could have just been down all the time and spent the rest of his time, his life, in depression, yet he did not. We find in this passage of Scripture the story of, what, of Daniel as he, as he continues to pursue God, love God, and love those around him, even those that had hurt him, and how that it paid off, how that it, 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 it was good for him and it was good for those around him. I want us to think about this concept of not surviving but thriving. Sometimes we can be in positions of our life where we are just simply surviving. We're just doing what it takes to get by. We're just going to do the very bare minimum. We're not going to be very happy about it. We're just going to do what is required of us enough to get by. Yet Daniel was not that type of individual. Daniel was a man that thrived in the midst of captivity and God used him powerfully and you and I need to thrive even in this day of uncertainty and craziness of opposition or persecution whatever the case may be we need to be able to thrive in these days I want to invite you to stand Daniel chapter number four we'll read the first 18 verses together and then we'll We'll allude to the rest of the passage as we go through. We'll read the rest of the verses as we go through. Daniel chapter 4 and verse number 1. Are you there? All right. Let me hear a good amen. I, I'm, I'm worried that some of you are in a false sleeping stupor. You know, maybe didn't. Did any of you sleep past your alarm clocks this morning? Or didn't, you know, you maybe didn't get the coffee or not your morning routine? Any of you? Well, I'm just going to admit it. I didn't hear my alarm this morning. Doesn't happen to me often. My wife nudged me and said, it's 8 o'clock, we got to get on the move. And so, uh, you know, it happens to all of us, and so if it happened to you this morning, well, I feel for you, but uh, we're awake, we're here, what is it? It's in the 11 o'clock hour, and we're going to have a good time. All right, here we go. Uh, Daniel chapter number 4 and verse number 1. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, unto all people, nations, and languages, he intended for everyone to read this because he was a world power that dwell in all the earth. Remember, he didn't have NBC and Fox News and Newsmax and these different organizations, CNN, to get it out in the world. He was going to make a statement, and he intended everyone to read it. Peace be multiplied unto you. I thought it good to show you the signs and wonders that the, most, the high God hath wrought 
toward me. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. Now, if you follow along last week, this is a very different tone from last week. Uh, he set up a, a, a temp, or a, a, an idol, a 90-foot idol, and said, you all worship me or I'm throwing you in the fiery furnace. All right, so we got to change. Something has uh, happened to this man. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace, I saw a dream which made me afraid. And the thoughts upon my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. Therefore made I a decree to bring in all the wise men of Babylon before me that they might make known unto me the interpretation of the dream. Then came in the magicians and astrologers and the Chaldeans and the soothsayers and I told the dream before them, but they did not make known unto me the interpretation thereof. But, but, but at last Daniel came in before me, whose name was Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God. Remember, he changed his identity. Daniel's name used, it was toward the God of heaven. But when he came over to Babylon, and Nebuchadnezzar didn't want anything to do with that, you're going to be named after my God, Belshazzar. In whom is a spirit of the holy gods. Knew something was different about him. And before him I told him the dream, saying, O, o Belteshazzar, master of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in thee, and no secret trouble with thee, tell me the vision of my dreams, my dream that I, may, that I have seen and the interpretation thereof. Thus were the visions of my head, uh, my head in my, my bed. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth and the height thereof was great. The tree grew and was strong and the height thereof reached unto the heavens and the sight thereof to the end of all the earth. What a mighty tree. The leaves thereof were fair, and the fruit thereof uh, much, and in it was meat for all. There was enough food for all that the beast of the field uh, had shadow under it. It provided great shade. And the fowls of heaven dwelt in the boughs thereof, and all flesh was fed of it. I saw in the vision of my head upon my bed, and behold, a watcher and holy one came down from heaven. He cried aloud and thus, uh, said thus, hew down the tree, cut it down, and cut off the branches, shake off his leaves and scatter his fruit. Let the beasts, uh, the beasts get away from under it and the fowls from its branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump of his roots in the earth, of his roots, notice that, in the earth, even with a band of iron and brass in the tender grass of the field, and let it be wet with dew of heaven, and let the portion be with the beast in the grass of the field. Let his heart be changed from man's, notice this, and let a beast heart be given unto him, and let seven times pass over him. This matter is by decree, by the decree of the watchers, and the demand by the word of the holy ones to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomever he will and setteth up over it the basis of men. This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now thou, 
O Belshazzar, declare the interpretation thereof, for as much as all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make it known unto me the interpretation, but thou art able, for the spirit of the holy gods is in thee. You may be seated and let's pray. Father, help us this morning. Give us that thought, that, that truth that we need to live for you this week, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, I want to jump right into it because our time, I, I wanted to share that, that timeline about the end times with you, and that I feel was important. I hope that sets some, sets some groundwork for you. But I want us to grab this truth from the life of, of Daniel. He did thrive in this environment. He is still there. He didn't have a choice to leave. He couldn't leave, so it wasn't up to him. But his spirit, his spirit and heart, really does make a difference. Um, have you ever heard that, that phrase, attitude equals altitude? Anyone? Well, it's a good phrase. Attitude equals altitude. Listen, even in those times where you are confined, you are in a place where you are not in control, your attitude makes a difference. Do you survive or thrive? Do you, do you stay under it? Do you have a great attitude? Daniel did. And I want us to notice that Daniel was serving this pagan, pagan king that thought nothing of taking people's lives and did in the last chapter. He would have killed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego unless the Son of God had come and stood in that furnace with them he would have killed him. He had no desire for someone that did not worship himself. What a great man this guy was. He had no desire to, um, um, to keep a person like that around. And so Daniel is serving a man that is very capricious, is very vindictive, is very high on himself. And yet God is working in this man's heart. We don't know we don't know what God is doing in people's hearts. Sometimes you might look at a person and say, that is the most arrogant person I've ever been around. You don't know what God is doing or about to do in their heart. It might be a coworker, But Daniel was in a situation where he was serving a king. He couldn't get away. And he was serving this king. And he was very much a vindictive man and oftentimes had dreams that he wondered about. And if the if the, the magicians, if the, if the soothsayers, the wise men and counselors couldn't answer it, off with their heads, turn their houses into dunghills, I mean, turn it into a trash heap. That was a type of man he was serving. The Bible tells us not to be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. We see that come true in the life of Daniel. He, was, he did what he needed to do. He kept a good spirit, even in the midst of a very, very difficult circumstance. I want us to realize that this is the personal conversion story of Nebuchadnezzar. The world power of that day. The personal conversion story. Did you catch that in verse number one and verse number on two? I thought it good to show the signs and wonders of the, of the high God hath wrought towards me. How great are his signs? Verse number three. And he's exalting God. So this is kind of an introduction, if you will, to his conversion story. This is how it all came to be. Your story has a, has a, a period of your life before Jesus Christ, before trusting him, all the, the ravages of sin and all the, the things that went on in your life. And here is this man's introduction to his story. This is what I was, but I want to tell you about what God did in my heart. How Jesus came to me and how he made me understand the gospel and how the word of God became real to me and I placed faith in him. So God was working in his life and wanted us to see in these first 18 verses that we just read. God was working in this man's heart. You know, God is still working in world leaders of the day. He has a plan for them. We ought to pray for their salvation. We ought to pray for Nebuchadnezzar moments for our president. Don't you believe that? Doesn't he need that? 
doesn't this man, who we don't always know if he's thinking clearly or if he's able to think clearly, and that's not a slap, that is simply a reality, but he needs Jesus Christ, doesn't he? He is a very, very wicked, very, very corrupt man. And that doesn't matter. I mean, either side, we have, we have corrupt people on both sides of the aisle. I think we have someone on the other side of the aisle that's just been convicted in, in New York. I, I believe that's, that's the case. Very wicked men. It doesn't matter which side of the aisle. Uh, people need Jesus Christ, do they, do they not? And so we ought to pray for those that are in leadership over us that we might live a quiet and peaceable life. We ought to pray for men like Nebuchadnezzar. God was doing a work in his life. But in these verses, first verses, Nebuchadnezzar starts his story by praising God. I want you all to know what God has done in my heart. And you realize in previous chapters he had praised God. You remember after uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fiery furnace, he's like, no one is going to be able to praise any other God but these guys God. And then he would go back to it. And we, we see this back and forth in the first several chapters of of Daniel, this back and forth with Nebuchadnezzar and praising God or telling others to praise God, and then he's back to building idols of himself and saying, you all worship me. That was the type of God, uh, man he was. And I do want us to realize people can have an emotional response to the reality of God and even the miracles of God and not really set into their heart. And it's one of the reasons we should not make church about an emotional reaction to whether it's music or whether it's a, a presentation it's not an emotional thing. Listen, truth will evoke emotions, but emotions don't change us. Truth does. Do you agree with that? And so we need the truth. And we see, we see Nebuchadnezzar as a man that is kind of driven by emotion. He gets caught up in the height of things, in the, the, um, the miraculous works of God in, in certain instances, and saying, everyone worship God, and then he would back down. Well, here he's introducing a story and saying, hey, I want you all to know that I worship God. That God was working in my heart. God was doing something. And so the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse number 18 that it's not emotions that change a person's heart, but the preaching of Jesus Christ, the preaching of the cross that changes lives. It's the preaching that Jesus Christ came, he died, and he was buried for three days, and he rose again, triumphing over sin, death, and hell for your sin and for mine. He died a substitutionary death, and he's inviting the whole world to believe on him if they will. That's the invitation from the cross, from the, from the throne of the risen land. That's the invitation. That's what changes lives. Emotions won't change a life. Trying to change a person's emotions and get them uh, whooped up into a, uh, into a frenzy or into a, an emotional high, it won't change. And we find that in Nebuchadnezzar's life. But when he comes into contact with God Almighty, with the truth of who he is, that God is more powerful than Nebuchadnezzar, that is what begins to change his life. I want us to notice in verse number four that, that God pursued. God pursued Nebuchadnezzar. Is God interested in every person coming to Christ? Is God interested in the soul of the leader of Hamas? Yes. Is God interested in Benjamin Netanyahu's heart? Yes. Is God interested in the, in the king of Iran, the president of Iran's heart? Yes. He is. He is interested in all people. And by the way, when people believe on Jesus Christ, they stop being cruel to one another. Do you agree? What does the world need? The Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. That's what the world needs. 
And so God was pursuing this man who had been so wicked. In verse number four, I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my own house. I'm just going along with my, my daily activity. I was at rest. I was doing my thing. And, and a dream happens as I went to bed. A dream happens. God, God was working in his life through that. Now, this man begins to call for understanding. He calls the, the counselors, the wise men, and the Chaldeans, and the, the magicians, and all together, hey, I need an answer about this dream. They couldn't do it. Just as other, other times, they could not do it. They did not make known, verse number seven, unto me the interpretation thereof. They could not answer me. You know what I find still today when God's working in people's hearts? That they'll oftentimes seek worldly wisdom. They'll run to a, a YouTube page. They'll seek a friend's counsel rather than turning to the word of God. Maybe because they don't know to turn to the word of God. But the Bible says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we understand that he's, he's looking around. Who can give me an answer to this? Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, I forgot about this Daniel guy. And at the last, Daniel shows up and he begins to give an answer. Now the dream, it's interesting, it's a large tree as we read through that. And it uses the pronoun his. And speaking directly about Nebuchadnezzar provided shade for the beasts of the field. There was safety there, but it was commanded to be cut down. Uh-oh, if the tree's Nebuchadnezzar, this world power, and is providing food for everyone and providing tranquility for everyone, is kind of a provider, but now it's being cut down by, by, by this messenger, this watcher. Uh-oh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar is coming down. I mean, his kingdom is coming down. Well, that was the dream of, that was the dream of chapter number two that his kingdom would not be permanent. Well, here specifically towards him, he would be cut down. And the Bible says his heart, his heart, his heart would be changed into a beast heart. What in the world is that all about? Well, the purpose was to show that God is most high, not Nebuchadnezzar, and that God rules in the, on the kingdom of men. We need to be reminded of that today. God rules in the kingdom of men. And God is superior he has final authority over all the world leaders of this day. This is still true today, and we need not be troubled because this is the reality. Now, this would happen for, for seven years' time, seven times. So this, this turning from man's heart to a beast's heart would happen over a period of seven, seven years, and this evidently, and you can understand this, would be very troubling for a dream to, um, to be dreamed about you and interpreted towards you in this way. You're going to be cut down, and you're going to have your heart turned to a beast's heart, for seven years great what a great what a great future that i have and here's what what happens daniel shows up in this moment to interpret this dream to to nebuchadnezzar and i want us to realize well god was pursuing after after nebuchadnezzar daniel was used of god in in his life he was there Daniel was present verse number eight but at the last daniel came in before me but at the last, Daniel came in before me. It's like, have you ever had a person that just keeps showing up in your life? Maybe it's at the difficult times. They just show up. They're not there every day, but they just continue to show up in your life. They, you never kind of shake them. They just keep showing up. Well, here's this Daniel, and it seems like Daniel always shows up in Nebuchadnezzar's life at key moments of his life. He's a recurring bright character or bright spot in Nebuchadnezzar's life. That's a great thing. God was placing them there. God was placing them there. Friends, I'm grateful for people that God's put in my life that show up at key moments, that call me at key moments, that write a note at a key moment. I'm grateful for those. 
I'm grateful for the individuals that God has put in my life. You should be as well. And I'm also grateful that God allows us to be some of those people in other people's lives. Those bright spots, that word of encouragement, that phone call, that text. What a blessing. And so Daniel's there. In fact, I want us to notice over 35 years Daniel has been showing up in his life. That's a long time, isn't it? We're not finite. For 35 years, Daniel's been showing up at key moments of his life. I don't think they were having buddy-buddy coffee uh, each day in in the palace, but he showed up when it was necessary and when God wanted him there. For some 35 years, he's been showing up on time when God wants them in Nebuchadnezzar's life. And the, the application or the encouragement to us today is this. You and I need to stay in people's lives. You and I need to make sure that, that God, God's a part of this. And God's will was involved in this and in, in, in Daniel being there. But Daniel was there and happy to be there. And, and in Nebuchadnezzar's life, and not just saying, you know, I'd check out. You know what? If he calls me in next time, I'm just going to tell him whatever to get him off my back, and I'm going to get on my way. No, that wasn't Daniel's attitude. Daniel was in his life. Stay in people's lives. Don't burn bridges. Now, there are times people burn bridges with you. You can't do anything about that. You ever had a, a, a burnt bridge? You know what I'm talking about? Are you with me about burnt bridges? They hurt, don't they? They hurt a whole lot. May we not be the one pouring on the gasoline and, and lighting the match. May we be, not be the one that's lobbing the grenade. Stay in people's lives. Stay accessible. Be there as God prompts, as God prompts you. Um, reach out to them, but stay in their life in some way, even if you don't hear things back. I've had people that have told me, I've received your text or received your message, and I, I didn't answer back, and I'm sorry I didn't answer back, but I just couldn't. And, and, but yet, it was still a touch that made a difference, and it paid off in the long run. And I encourage you to do the same. Maybe God has someone in your heart you haven't spoken to in a while, and they're coming to mind right now. Make it a point before the end of the day to reach out to them and encourage them in some way. And tell them you're praying for them, and do pray for them. Do pray for them but stay in their life. Daniel was in his life for some 35 years. He's present. But I want us to notice verse 19. After this, after this dream has been interpreted, basically, hey, you're a tree, you're going to be cut down, and you're going to get a, a beast heart. Great news. Verse number 19. Look at it with me. Back to our passage. Chapter 4 and verse number 19. Say amen if you're there. Then Daniel whose name was Belteshazzar, was astonished for one hour. He was astonished, and his thoughts troubled him. The king spake and said, Belteshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation thereof trouble thee. Belteshazzar answered and said, my lord, and I want us to read together, my lord, the dream, all together, my lord, the dream be to them that hate thee and the interpretation thereof to thine enemies. What's he saying? Um... King, I don't know how to break this to you, but this interpretation is not good for you. The Bible says he was astonished. I want us to realize that Daniel was not just present in his life, but Daniel was compassionate. Remember, remember, Daniel was ripped away as a young person from his homeland by this man's edict. He was made a eunuch by this man's edict. He could never marry and have a family because of this man. 
He served at the pleasure of this man. And yet he's still present and even emotionally affected by the, the interpretation of this dream against this man from God. He's astonished for one hour. That's powerful, friends. That is really powerful to me because you and I, we can look at, we can look at people who are getting their just reward or justice from God and say, yeah, God, bring it. Let them have it. Daniel's attitude could have been in this circumstance. I have been waiting to deliver this type of news to Nebuchadnezzar. I, I, I'm going to share every, every gory detail about this, and I'm going to sit back and watch this guy's life come melting down. You know, in our flesh, we can be tempted. Someone that's hurt us to do that towards them. Yeah, oh man, what a dream. What an opportunity to let them know what God is going to do to them. Daniel didn't do that. He was astonished for one hour. He was astonished. He sat there shocked and said, Nebuchadnezzar, I'm really struggling because this interpretation is as if it is from an enemy. I'm hurting. I'm struggling. The enemies, your enemies want this. And the reality is we need to seek the good of the unbelievers in our life. And those that have even hurt us in our life, we need to seek their good. We ought not sit back and wait for them to be squashed by God. We ought to seek their good and want their good in our hearts and love them genuinely. Care for them when they're in trouble. You might be able to say, you deserve it. But you probably shouldn't say that. Are you with me? You should probably be there to help them pick up the pieces. The church for far too long has been one that, well, I told you so. We, we can find our I told you so's. Do you know most people, when they're in a situation like that, they know so. They don't need an I told you so. They already know so. Are you with me? Haven't you been in one of those circumstances where you blew it and you realize, oh man, they told me I should have done that and it does no good for them to come and say, I told you so. And that's what Daniel could have done. I told you so. Trust God, believe on him. We've been talking about this before. And Daniel responded with compassion. Do you realize that the world around us that does not believe on Jesus Christ, the Bible says in John 3.18, is condemned. The Bible does not tell us to speak that to them with a vengeful spirit or with a cocky spirit, we are to speak the truth in what? Love. The Bible says, listen to the verse, he that is, believes on him, Jesus, is not condemned, but he that believeth not on him on, uh, already, he that, uh, excuse me, he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. The idea is that those that believe are not condemned. Those that believe not are condemned right now. That's a serious thing. That's where Nebuchadnezzar was. He was under the condemnation of God. He had not yet submitted to the God of heaven. He thought he was big stuff. But Daniel was compassionate in the way that he even told him this. This dream, this dream is for your enemies. This, 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 is, this is a rough dream, Nebuchadnezzar. Tell me everything. So I want us to realize Daniel was faithful to tell him everything. The Bible says, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found, what? Faithful, faithful, even when it's a hard news to break. Man be found faithful. And so Nebuchadnezzar uh, heard the dream from Daniel. 
He spoke of the greatness of the tree in verses 20 through 22. And as thou, O king, you're the tree. You're the one that's in focus here. It's you. Verses 23 through 25, it's bad news, king. It's really bad news. The tree's going to be cut down. Verse number 24, look at it with me. O king, and this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my Lord the king. You're going to be turned into a beast. What? I don't know if they were familiar with this type of thing in that day, but uh, what Daniel is alluding to is just what it says. He's going to be turned into a beast. He's going to, his heart, from a spirit, he is going to think himself as a beast. He's going to act like a beast. He's going to eat like a beast. He's going to live out in the field like a beast. There's a, a term for this today, zoanthropy. Uh, it's an illness observed in modern times. A person thinks of himself as an animal and acts like one. Maybe even 10 years ago, we might not have even, might have kind of laughed that off, but uh, friends, I, I do believe that God still um, affects people today. And um, not saying these are exact, exact cases, but we certainly see some of this going on today where people have turned in their minds, they've begun in their hearts, they've begun to think they're, they're beasts. In Nebuchadnezzar's case, he actually thought it and became it. He grew, the Bible says he grew, um, grew talons, he grew, fe- um, he grew uh, on, his, on his skin, um, Coverings like a, uh, like a beast. So, I mean, he legit um, became what God said he would become. How humiliating for the, the king, the world power of the day, to become like this. And so, it's very interesting. Uh, anecdotally, um, I don't know if you heard on the news a while back, uh, over in, in Germany, uh, back in September, uh, they had someone called in animal control because there were thousands of gatherers there that had dressed up as beasts, thought themselves as beasts, acting like, a- acting like um, beast dogs, and uh, they were barking. I heard the, the howling and the barking um, from these folks gathering. But this is, this is really happening in our day. Um, people acting this way. I'm not saying this is exactly what Nebuchadnezzar went through, but I'm saying the craziness of life apart from God. Are you with me? The craziness and the insanity of life apart from our Creator. When we don't follow this book, it really messes with us. And so he had that type of stuff going on, but his was, his was legit. He was going to, to go into this for seven years. He'd be like a beast. And so I want us to look down in verse number, in verse number uh, uh, 24, this interpretation. Uh, this is the interpretation, O king. And this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my Lord, the king, that they will drive thee from men. And thy dwelling place shall be with the beast of the field, and they shall make thee to eat grass as an oxen. And they shall wet thee with the dew of heaven. Seven times shall pass over thee till thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will. And so that happened. Verse number 33, look down there with me. The same hour was the thing fulfilled unto Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men, did eat grass as oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair were grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. Here he is, the world power of the day. And God demoted him. Did you notice in that very hour, it doesn't take God long to demote a person. By the way, it doesn't take God long to demote us in our pride. 
Pride is a serious thing, isn't it? And so this, this happens. But before that, Daniel, in verse number 27, says, Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee. And I want us to read, are you there at verse number 27? Let's read that next phrase together. And break off thy sins by righteousness and thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, if it may be a lengthening of thy tranquility, thy peace. So what is he saying? Hey, king, you need to turn to God. And we find here an invitation from Daniel, and he speaks truth. He's like, this is what you really need to do. If so be, you might lengthen your peace. If you might, you might have a peaceful life, you need to turn to God. Every annunciation or declaration of truth needs to come with an invitation, and Daniel did just that. Daniel said to Nebuchadnezzar, it is time for you to turn to God. Will you do it? If I had heard this dream, I would have hoped that it was said, yes! But this man is a hard, has a hardened heart, and he did not do that. And so God, in that very hour, turns him into a beast, and he goes out to the beast of the, on the field. Verse number 34, at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes towards heaven. At the end of how many years? Seven years, eating grass. That is, by the way, very different from the grass that's being promoted in issue number two that you should vote against, right? This is real grass, okay? And so he, uh, he's seven years eating all. My dad would wake up about 6.30 every morning and had this practice. He did not drink coffee. I think he drinks coffee now a little bit but he would get a 16-ounce tumbler cup and he would put alfalfa in it and mix it with water. He had heard from somebody that this was something that was really great. And this was Bible and alfalfa. You could smell it, all right? I, I don't eat grass, but that, that is something that, that was just characteristic. I remember my dad sitting down in the living room reading his Bible and had his cup of el, his morning alfalfa, his morning, his morning uh, stuff. Anyway, but this guy literally ate it and that was his diet. And along with anything else out in the, be on the, the field, this is what he went. But at the end of seven years, he looked up to heaven. Isn't it interesting how that God will bring us to a bottom point, a low place in our life so that we look up? That's what he did with the Nebuchadnezzar. It's exactly what he did. And Nebuchadnezzar was converted, and we see that in this story. He turned from self to God. God was working in his life. I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me. And I, verse number 34, blessed the Most High, and I praised him and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. What a great statement. Here's a man that was all high in himself and now has been brought to the lowest point of any man and now looks back up to God and says, You're it. You are the God of heaven. You are the one. And he looked to God. He recognized, verse 35, the supremacy of God. It says there, and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven. And among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? He recognized that God was in charge of all things. God was sovereign. God was supreme. No one could question the God of heaven. No one is higher than him. It was a big deal for a Babylonian king to say because they believed no one was higher than them. 
But now he is acknowledging God's rightful place. Verse 36, God restored his kingdom as promised. At the same time, my reason returned unto me, and for the glory of my kingdom, mine honor and my brightness returned unto me, and my counselors and my lords sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and my excellent majesty was added unto me. God gave it back to him. That's pretty powerful. After God brought him to a low point, and remember, all the while, Daniel is involved. Daniel is in his life, not just surviving, but thriving and showing and pointing the way to the mighty God of heaven. How did, how did Nebuchadnezzar know about the God of heaven? Well, he had four, at least, witnesses of God in Babylon, powerful witnesses to the glory and the miracles and the power of God. What an amazing thing. So Nebuchadnezzar is saying, hey, I turn to him. I acknowledge him. And I want us to wrap it up in verse number 37, the final verse of this chapter. Now, read it together out loud, good and loud. Let me know that you're here and still, still with me. Verse number 37, ready, begin. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all whose works are truth and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride he is able to abase. He got that from firsthand experience. God still promises that today, today to those that walk in pride, whether it's me, you, or anyone else. He still promises, I will bring humility to those that walk in pride against me. And God had done that, but he testified, Nebuchadnezzar testified of a change that had happened in his life. He had boasted. He had set up idols. He had made himself supreme over men. And now he's saying, nope, nope, not me. God is the God of truth, not me. Do you remember these guys? They wouldn't even change their word. They would not even change their word because they didn't want to be seen as infallible or fallible. They didn't want to be uh, seen as making a mistake. So once a law was put in place, it was a law that stayed in place because they were godlike in their, in their portrayal to other people and to their kingdom. And so he's saying, listen, no, it's God is the God of truth. And he's acknowledging God for who he is. What a change had come into his life. God was working in his heart. No longer did Nebuchadnezzar extol and honor himself. He bowed down before the God of heaven and extolled and honored the King of heaven. Don't you want to see that happen in people's lives around you? That needs to be the, that needs to be the attitude of our hearts. Every day, rising, acknowledging the kingship, the authority of God in our hearts. And we certainly need to see that happen and spread to many other people. I want you to turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter number 4 in verse number 8. So, what can we learn from the life of Daniel? Daniel couldn't have left the situation. He was there. God had placed him there. He was there by constraint, but he had a good attitude all the way through. God used him even in this moment to point him back to God and say, Here, here's the interpretation, here's what God's going to do in your life, and this is my invitation to you. Turn to him. Break off your iniquity. Stop, stop doing these things. Turn to the God of heaven. Well, he didn't hear it then, but he heard it at the end. He says, oh yes, now I do extol and honor him. I do admit that he is God and God alone. I do admit that. And what a, what a powerful thing. Now, would Nebuchadnezzar always stay on track? No, not necessarily. Do you understand that even as those that follow after God, we still mess up sometimes and still think ourselves to be something special, don't we? 
And this man wouldn't always do the right thing. But I believe with my heart that, uh, that Nebuchadnezzar in this moment had turned to God. And what a wonderful thing that that was through the witness of Daniel. You're there at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 8. I want us to notice this. Paul said to the Corinthian believers, he said, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always, always bearing about in the body, in our physical life, the dying, the dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest, made a reality in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Christ, on Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Let's read verse 12 together. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. You realize sometimes, in all, really, the reality of the Christian life is God is often allowing trials and, and crushing circumstances to come in our lives to bring about life, to bring about spiritual realities in other people's lives. Paul said that to the Corinthian believers, we went through so much turmoil so that spiritual life could be born out in you. We went through trials so that you could see the grace of God upon our lives and God lifting us up and encouraging us and giving us strength to continue on. Even when no other human would go on, we went on because of the power of Christ in us. Death happened in us so that life would happen in you. Do you realize that when you and I get down in the dumps about our trials and we get discouraged and depressed and live there, that the very life that God was trying to bring through us to other people, gets, it gets cut off. We miss opportunities when we just survive. We just kind of go along with it. Just do what we have to do to get by. But when we thrive and say, you know what, Lord's brought this into my life for a reason. The Lord's put me in Babylon for a reason. I don't like Babylon. I don't like the culture. I don't like the wickedness I see all around us. The Lord's placed me here for a reason. I'm going to survive. I'm going to thrive for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to be an ambassador for him. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to show compassion even to those that do not show compassion to me. And even the dying that I go through, the hurts that I go through, the struggles that I go through, may they be for the life of other people. May they be for the health of May they be the, for the spiritual awakening of others. You might be going through a trial and you say, God, why are you allowing me on this to happen in my life? He may be allowing it so that his glory can be shown through your life so that you can help somebody else who's going through a similar trial and point them to the Lord Jesus Christ. You with me about that? So let's not survive in these days. I believe these are the last days. I believe there's scripture on that. Let's not just survive. Oh, woe is me, and these are difficult days. Let's thrive for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ and for the sake of souls around us. Let's stay in people's lives. Let's text some people today and let them know that we're praying for them. Encourage them. Help them up. Go get a cup of coffee with them. Send them a note. You know, a, a written note really can encourage a person. Just, just send it. If God's putting it on your heart, send it to them. Do what God's nudging you to do, but stay in people's lives like Daniel did. He thrived there, and God used him powerfully. And may the Lord do the same with us. Amen, church? Let's ask the Lord to do that. Right before we leave today, let's just respond to that and ask the Lord to do that. Would you stand with me? I'm going to invite you to come and, and, and find a place to pray. And uh, pray for that person that the Lord's put on your heart today. Maybe it's that person, man, just 
they really irk you with their arrogance, but come pray for them. Ask God to do something in your life. Maybe you're despondent about these things. Let's come and pray. Lord, would you give me strength to thrive like Daniel? Lord, help us now as we respond to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Find a place to pray, would you, church? Come and kneel at the altar. I'm certainly going to pray for myself. Lord, I I don't want to be discouraged and despondent in these days. I want to thrive. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To learn more about Grace Baptist or how to have eternal life, visit gracekettering.org. And remember, you are always welcome at Grace Baptist Church.